You're listening to Aesthetically Speaking. On this podcast, we're talking about all things branding, logos, colors, fonts, and the strategy behind it all. It seems like these days it's easier than ever to build an audience, but harder than ever to stand out online. My name is Rebecca, and I'm a brand strategist and designer. I'm here with my sister, Abby, a lawyer who needs a creative outlet. Together, we're going to talk about how to bring your brand to life. Hi, everyone. Rebecca, do you want to tell us what we'll be doing today? Yes. So today we are doing another branding challenge. I'm excited because today I'm creating a brand for our youngest sister, Caroline. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about the idea of the branding challenge, and then Abby's going to walk me through the assignment for this specific client. So the concept of the branding challenge is to help you see my process in creating a brand for my clients. It's not as simple as just picking out random colors that I like or trying out a bunch of fonts. It's really thinking through the personality, the values, like the vibe that I want to create for a specific person. And I would add here, sorry to interrupt, I would add, this is where the strategy and the design, the aesthetics come together. So it might seem weird initially to have a podcast that is about branding if you think of branding as purely a visual medium. But what we're here to talk through is that there is a lot of strategy going on. There's a lot of goal setting. <laughs> There's strategy is not a word. There's strategy involved. It's about setting goals, knowing the objectives of your client, knowing something about, you know, their metrics and their numbers, how they define success, what kind of customers or, you know, new clients mm-hmm. they're trying to attract. And then also like, what do they value? What would they respond to? How is this going to be online? analog, digital, all of those things come into play. And those are some really interesting strategic decisions. You also have to translate that into a visual medium, which is why it's so important that Rebecca has both a branding background, business background, and design expertise. I would say I really believe that a good brand can do all of that, that it's something that looks very professional and elevates the perception and the perceived value of your business. It's also something that resonates with your ideal clients. And then in addition to that, this third thing is that it reflects your business personality, whether that's you as an individual or your business as its own brand, right? I really feel like my process allows me to achieve all of those goals. And if you are hoping to build your brand, you should think about your brand differently than just what do I like or what looks good to other people. It kind of needs to capture all of that. Does that make sense? Or what's my favorite color, which I think is where a lot of people start. Whenever I ask my clients like, okay, tell me why you designed this this way. And they're like, well, I liked this color in 2016. So that's what I used. And I've hated it ever since. (laughs) And it's like some designers, this is kind of a tangent, but some designers are like, your brand is not for you. That's their whole shtick. Your brand is for your target audience and it has nothing to do with you. And some designers are like, your brand is all about you. Like it doesn't matter if nobody else likes it as long as you like it. And I really believe, like I said, a good brand should be both. It should resonate with your target audience, meaning like it evokes a certain feeling that you want them to have. And if you're trying to work with women, your brand should look feminine in some way. But I also think that your brand is important to your personality and what your goals are for the business. And like it should reflect that as well. So I think you should get you a brand strategist who can do both and not force you to 
only have a brand that works for your target audience or only have a brand that works for you, but really hits that sweet spot of both of them. Yeah, I think that's great. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the branding challenges. This is something we've been doing in multiple episodes. We're going to continue doing it. To illustrate this whole process, Rebecca and I wanted to find not just the idea of a person or a product or service, but an actual real live person and what a brand would look like for them. We started with the people we know best, which is our siblings. Rebecca and I are sisters. I'm number two. Rebecca is number three. There are seven kids total. And our siblings all have pretty strong personalities, but have done very different things and have very different taste. So we started with our brother, Andrew, in the first episode. He, everyone would like to know, he just passed his dissertation defense. So he is a doctor. He has a PhD in history. Really exciting news, something he's been working on for literal years. His brand obviously is going to look different. We went from our oldest sibling. And then today we're doing our youngest sibling, which is Caroline. Caroline is a senior in high school. And so I'm going to walk Rebecca through the brief for her. So like we said, Caroline's 19. She has a very youthful vibe. uh, But her business that she does is she plays the harp. And she has performed basically any sort of event. But the kind of people who are hiring a harpist, you get a lot of weddings. She's done some really interesting nonprofit work. Like galas, high-end functions. Yes, high-end functions. Like people dress up when they hire a harpist. You know, they they don't want someone in a barn. She although weddings can be in a barn, but it's usually in a ballroom, not in a barn. With all of that, Caroline is young. She worked at a soda shop. She worked in catering. She's like that it she girl has from like high a cute school. boyfriend who has the cool truck. Yeah. So sh- she's not somebody who's like when you think of a wedding invitation that has all those fancy fonts and it's embossed in gold, that's not Caroline's personality. She's much more <laughs> she's much more on trend, definitely online primarily. I think that's the number one way she finds her mm-hmm. clients is on Instagram. And she doesn't want to be associated with anything that is stale or chewy yes. or tacky. But it does need to be classy, even though it is youthful. And I I think trendy needs to be a consideration for her, but probably not the motivating. 100%. As I was thinking about Caroline and this brand, I was thinking, okay, it it has to be all of these things. And this is really where branding gets to be such an interesting challenge for me because the people who are hiring Caroline, they're not just the people getting married. It's like the mother of the bride, right? So it's it's someone several generations older than her who's who's making those decisions and so it really needs to speak to them but we also want to capture this like cool high school vibe that Caroline has and also hopefully give her a brand that will yes. work with her as she gets older as she develops her skills you know all of these things. And I I would add too yeah a couple things Caroline is young but she's not childish. She she is the youngest. She's been around adults her whole yes. life. She's very mature, yes. very strategic. And also, she's not necessarily a sweet girl, if that makes sense. She plays this very angelic instrument. But Caroline is street smart. She is someone who is on top of things, you know, wise beyond her years, has had an advanced vocabulary since yes. she was very young. So someone who is smart and cool, not someone who is just like boring and little. When you think of Caroline, like think youngest daughter, youngest child who holds her own. 
Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Just because she's the baby of the family does not mean that she gets walked over or that people don't know how she's feeling. Like she is a, definitely a strong personality. I really like that juxtaposition. And I'm going to talk through how I created that, but I want to just start with how I gathered inspiration for Caroline's brand. And what I wanted to do was I started with the harp itself and the harp, like you said, it is the most angelic instrument. And so I immediately started thinking like ethereal, right? Heavenly, cloudy, pastels, like these just soft textures, you know, silks and chiffon and even like flower petals and rain falling from the sky. Just this very celestial kind of vibe. I'm thinking of the scene from Fantasia where it's that Beethoven symphony and it's like the centaurs and the little cherubs. Yes. Anything (laughs) that just feels heavenly, soft, Imagine like a garden with ribbons cascading down the bouquet, just this very over the top kind of feel. But then we also have, like we mentioned, Caroline's personality. And so bringing in some of those stronger elements. So we have some bolder like typography that still using like an old fashioned serif style, right? Like I'm using some inspiration from wedding invitations. I can also see on your Pinterest that Rebecca's scrolling through, I see some architectural details. So some columns yes. and archways that are still very intricate, very Baroque, but adds a little bit of structure to it. I also really liked the idea of using shapes like butterflies or flowers or hearts that really just communicated this lovely feeling, right? Garden, garden party. Um, I really liked the visual of like a transparent kind of tool fabric over something else that felt very dynamic to me where it's moving. It creates that movement visually the same way that the harp has to your ears. You also might not know this, but Caroline's prom dress is tool. So I didn't even know that, but I can totally see that. It is layered tool with pearls. It is actually gorgeous. I also found this image that to me kind of looked like sound waves, but it's this mirroring image where these waves or these strings are kind of coming apart from each other. And it almost creates a heart shape or a woman shape. And I thought about really incorporating that into her brand. So that was kind of the initial visual inspiration. It even looks on this page like there is a consistent color scheme. Like when you said ethereal, it is these soft muted colors that to me look very feminine maybe like a victorian or impressionist painting watercolor instead of oil you know exactly so i find that this aesthetic tends to feel to me a little period a little 1800s but that also means that it has maybe a stiff feeling to it or can if you don't pair it with the right things So when I was creating her brand, not just the inspiration, I wanted to look towards other time periods to create that. So let me pull up the brand that I created for Caroline and walk you through what I've done. So the basic shape is an archway and there's two very thin lines and around Inside those lines, it says HARP in cursive by Caroline, which is in in an all caps 
serif font. And I actually styled her typography after an Art Deco 20s, 30s style font because I felt like that was a little bit more disruptive. And I liked the vibe of the 20s, especially 20s music compared to any earlier music and what that meant for her brand. And I wanted, I mean, if there is a time to go elegant calligraphy, if that's the right word, it would be for a harpist. And so that was really important to me that we had something that felt, okay, this is just beautiful, right? But that there was still something interesting there. So it looks like in her logo, there also is a little heart shape by harp. Yes. So I created this little harp shape. I actually drew it based off the shape of a harp, which is something that I've always loved that a harp, hopefully you can distinguish this when we're talking, but a harp kind of looks like a heart. And I also wanted something that felt like it was vibrating out from the word, like the sound would vibrate out from a harp. It also looks like a music note that's rising. So even though the words are stacked, a lot of times design-wise that can kind of bring your eye down. And what I like about the heart element is that even after reading the logo, it brings your eye upward and it makes you think heavenly, celestial, bringing it up. And then, yeah, like it's floating up. Exactly. Yes. It gives it this, this floating feeling. And I also use this double line element the same way that you would have strings on a harp. So it's very thin. It's very delicate. Um, and you can imagine that there's more and more of them radiating out. The color palette that I've chosen is kind of a, and this is much brighter on my screen than it is here. Yeah, I thought it looked fine. It's just, I I didn't want it to be boring pastels. I want it to be interesting pastels. So the colors that we have, there's this really dark navy, a lilac pastel lavender, a light pink, this light, I kind of like to use like a sandy color. And then this stronger blue color, which is showing up differently. I'd say it's like a, it's like a muted teal. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is more accurate. And I wanted you again to evoke those heavenly kind of vibes, but also look like a sunset. I also want it to have a a darkness to it. So a contrasting color because Caroline is performing at these more serious, you know, black tie events. So we didn't want it to feel too light and feminine and girly and childlike. We wanted it to have a little depth to it. So I brought that into the colors. This inspiration photo that you have where it looks like, it looks to me like tarot cards. I don't Uh know what else to describe them as. Yeah. I'm obsessed with those as like Caroline's brand. I don't know what they are. They're like old timey, a cross between a Catholic saint and a tarot card. Yes. In these very dramatic poses. Like, I don't know what they are, but I'm obsessed with that. Yes. I took a lot of inspiration from that because what I like about that is, again, it's this juxtaposition of a traditional thing, a harp at a wedding, and a new age healing thing, the tarot cards, and Caroline's personality, which is young, yeah. which is vibrant. And so I, I liked bringing in those elements. If I was creating brand materials for Caroline... I would add another color and it would be a gold foil. Yes. I love that. I, and that just doesn't come across really well on the screen, but 
usually if I have a client that really wants to use gold, I tell people to really think about it because it has such strong connotations. And that's one thing that I love about branding a harpist is that if there is a time to use a gold foil, it would be for a harp. Even a very basic harp has these swirly, curly cue, gold embossed carvings. Yes. And they all have those columns that look like they're from the Parthenon. Yes. They're just, it's such a fanciful instrument. <laughs> it really, it really is. So I feel like that would be the time to do it. I was going to say the other inspiration photo that I really loved was this translucent. What's the word for this? Iridescent? Yeah, it's definitely iridescent. Butterfly wing. And that, like I said, that transparency, I feel like the harp sounds, it has this lightness to it. It's like you can hear the space between the notes really, really nicely. So that was another inspiration. Well, and that's also perfect because Caroline and I talked about glazed donut nails for her prom. <laughs> yes. See, there we go. So the other thing that I've done is I've used the heart shape that I created as a motif and created a little brand pattern for Caroline. So we have an actual harp illustration paired with the heart music note floating there. And mm. what you don't want to do with your brand is you never want to be too literal, but you never want to be too abstract. And right. where Caroline is providing a tangible service, playing harp music, at a wedding, I don't think it's it's too obvious to use actual harp illustrations. Obviously, I think she could use some really beautiful brand photography, which maybe we can talk about. But I think it's nice to actually show people what it is for something like this. So the last right. variation that I have for this logo is a horizontal version. So where at the top, we have something in an archway that's stacked harp by with Caroline underneath it. This is a horizontal version that says harp by Caroline. So harp and Caroline are in cursive and then by is just twisted on its side. So it's just a little, a little something different, a little twist kind of combining that, that modern and traditional vibe that we're going for. I like the sideways by, I don't, I don't know that I understand the design principles for it, but like visually it is very, it draws your eye right to the center and then you see harp and Caroline. Yes. Yeah. You really want to think about where your eye is going with things. And with something like this, I like that it kind of keeps your eye going around and around and around. Yeah. So you just keep looking at it more and more and more. So we were talking earlier about how you want, Caroline is young, but this is something that's going to grow with her. How do you feel like the little heart logo will age? Do you think that's something she's going to want to keep in it? Do you think she would think that that's, you know, do you think she'll age out of that at any point? Yeah. So I would imagine that let's say Caroline wants to do a specific kind of event. If she wanted to lean more towards the wedding side of things, I would keep the heart and I would use that. If she wants to lean more towards like a corporate, you know, gala type events, I would probably evolve out of that or interesting. I would use something a little bit more corporate for her name font and somehow put something that nods to that shape in there. So it's just a little bit more subtle and a little bit more professional looking. This definitely, this is, this is personality, right? So this right. is showing what that's going to look like, but I think it's really, I think it is pretty, really pretty versatile 
as far as how she wants to grow the brand and how she chooses to position herself going forward. I like that. So if Caroline's going from this brand, you've kind of given her a brand blueprint, right? A color Mm -hmm. scheme, two different variations on a logo, her business, if you can call it that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it is a business. I mean, yeah, she makes money. Her business is mostly on Instagram. So is that something you consider to think about the square format? How do you envision her putting this into practice? Definitely. So I picture this, I actually would focus her Instagram more on video content because the more that she can share her actually playing her songs, I think the better that will be for her business. So I would kind of juxtapose regular videos of her playing the harp, creating music, like doing all that stuff with kind of these stylized images, something like the style of the tarot card with overlaid with like some of her favorite sheet music, right? Okay. Or like a sunset with lyrics from a song to a, you know, a popular first dance song kind of thing. So you're kind of creating that feel, but just from a marketing perspective, I think she needs to be showcasing her music a lot. But I also feel like this is something that people, this is like a little pet peeve of mine, but people think like, oh, the most important thing is for me to show my music. So I'm just going to record a bajillion videos of me playing the harp. That's great. But what is going to make them hire you over any other harpist if you're both just playing songs? And if you can create this image for yourself, right, where you're saying, hey, like if you want the most angelic, ethereal, experiential harpist, she's obviously the only person for that. Whereas if she's just doing the videos, it's like nothing special. Now, that being said, I feel like harp is pretty special anyway, so she might not have that problem. I think harp is special if you're not living in like city, the like the harp capital of the world. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And and for most business owners, you're in a saturated market and it's important. Right. I also the other thing I was gonna say is I don't know how well trained most people's ear is to harp music. It's really hard to sound bad when you're playing the harp. Mm-hmm. Even if you're just plucking around, it sounds like an angel. So yes. a lay person will probably gravitate towards somebody that they can, A, find on social media. Right. And then it's going to be, like you said, oh, their grid looked like the feeling that I want at my wedding. It looked dreamy. It looked romantic. Right. This person, even just saying like, this person has a color scheme and that makes them look more professional. Mm-hmm. That might be more persuasive to people than being like, oh, I have seen that their technique is flawless. Right. And that goes back to who is your brand for? And this is another mistake that people make, but they're creating things that are for other harpists or other lawyers or other designers. And that is yes. not your target audience. And that's why in in my mind, just being completely honest, the little heart, it falls a tiny bit on the side of cheesy. Okay. But when you're thinking about the people who are going to be hiring Caroline, they're not thinking, oh, that's chuggy, that's embarrassing. They're thinking, oh, that's sweet. That gives me a feel for who she is. That gives me right. an idea of the music that she can that she's providing, that she's going to be playing romantic music, popular right. songs. So you have to consider that. And if Caroline was my client and she was like, hey, I don't want to use any, you know, I'll have to ask my clients, like, are there any symbols or icons that you want to make sure we don't use? If she said something like that, we would, we would work around that. But right. I think there's a good argument for keeping it there. Yeah, I like that. I also was 
just as a personal matter, I'm looking at the color scheme and the little flecks of gold. It also just looks like Caroline to me because she has these hazel eyes that are golden. Yes. And, and like the texture of it. Yeah. That's so cool. If I was doing a brand photo shoot for Caroline, I would do some kind of stylized, you know how wedding photographers will do like styled shoots? Yes. Where it's just like the flat lays of the invitation and flowers and yes, your shoes and some curtains. Exactly. <laughs> like, like it's a fake wedding, essentially. I would do that exact same thing for Caroline. And I would do, I would put it in a really, I, I wouldn't go like a super obvious wedding location, like a reception hall or something, but I would do something like a greenhouse. Okay. Where it's just like blooms all around her. Like it just feels like it's enveloping. And then I would do a lot of double exposures. So you're getting kind of that translucent feel where it feels like, oh, I've just walked into heaven and I'm surrounded by angels and music and kind of creating that feeling. I would definitely, I mean, I would do some just, of course, like stunning, standing at the harp more concert professional style photos, but I would do some that have this ethereal feeling to them. I feel like that's what I tell people is you have to really lean into your brand and it feels like, it feels like it's going to be too much. Like, oh, that that's too much. And it's like, no, that's actually just right. Yeah. The, the ANTM part of my brain would love to be at this photo shoot. That's like playing the harp in a greenhouse. Oh my gosh. Surrounded yes. by these like Monet flowers. You know? Yes. I could also, so let's say that Caroline wants to take her brand more, what's the word? Cheeky, I guess. Yeah. If she wanted to do something like that, I would have her put on the most outrageous giant ball gown that we could find. And I would do her photo shoot in the middle of a 7-Eleven. Really? Okay. Like just really hone in on like this idea that like I can make anything special kind of concept. I'm so impressed by this. This is not the direction I had thought you would go for Caroline. Yeah. But when I'm looking at it, it does look like her. Like I'm thinking of Caroline just played in Concerto Night, which is the highest honor at our high school. You have to audition for it. It really is a big deal. And yeah. you perform a solo backed by a symphony orchestra and you wear a ball gown. You're not dressed as a member of the orchestra. You are the soloist. And so you get to wear the dress of your choice. Yes. And so Caroline, she played a song called Baroque Flamenco, which is this incredible flamenco Spanish guitar inspired harp piece. Mm -hmm. And she wore this ruffled, you know, bright colored gown. Yes. And then we've talked a little bit about her prom dress, but that aesthetic that is very girly and ruffled, but also very ethereal Mm -hmm. and a showstopper like all of this I think is reflected in the brand which is cool yes and the other thing that happens with this brand both in the name and in the visual design of it is that you get a sense that this is a soloist that that she's not in a she's not in a trio or an orchestra that this is Caroline on the harp by herself yes and I really I like that one this is a Harp tangent, but I think it's really interesting. The song that Caroline played was this flamenco song, and there's a particular harp composer named Carlos Salzedo, and he was Spanish, and he was really responsible for bringing the harp to the forefront of the stage. He was kind of the first one to say, like, hey, this is not an orchestra instrument. This is a solo instrument. 
And so all of his pieces are like super flashy and all of the songs that people are like, oh my gosh, I've never heard the harp played like that. They're all by him. So I just... Well, the piece Caroline played, it had a percussion section. So she's plucking and banging on the harp. And I watched that with my husband, who is not particularly musical, and he was just so fascinated. (laughs) I always love doing songs like that. I love doing like songs that showcase everything that the harp can do. The other thing I think that this brand does really well, even though we're talking about how it, you know, the harp is a solo instrument and Caroline is the performer, it's not so visually distinct that it's like she's going to take over your event, right? You right. didn't use a red or something like that. Right. The anecdote I'm thinking of is there's a harpist in the early seasons of Gilmore Girls named Della. <laughs> and she's like the worst. She only plays at Lorelai's little bed and breakfast. And she just is always making these loud noises and complaining about people and making everyone get out of her way. And that's not what this brand says. This yes. doesn't say, oh, this person is the most impressive Carnegie Hall harpist. And if you hire her, no one will be able to talk about anything else at the wedding. Right. I think the colors really say like, this is part of an experience. Yes. And she'll do a lovely job, but she'll also be in the background. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That was everything that I wanted to create through this brand. I'm really proud of it. I haven't showed it to Caroline, but I really feel like this is something that she could use and that people would I I love things that people see and they like, and they don't necessarily know why they like them. But as soon as you ask them, they're like, oh, well, it it kind of looks like a heart. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. (laughs) I even think the archway that you have, it looks a little bit cathedral-like to me. Mm -hmm. It doesn't evoke like church, but it does say angelic in a certain way. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I played around with a lot of different shapes. I originally thought of something that was pointed. Um, or even something that was kind of trap, not trapezoid, but like imagine a kite kind of on its angle. So it's pointing up to the right, because that's when you're playing the harp, you're moving up towards your right shoulder as the notes get higher. Mm-hmm. But I felt like it created this sharpness and this kind of angular constricting feeling. And I really wanted this to feel expansive and open. And like you said, this kind of floating feeling. Yes. So I really liked that. So building off what you just said, how important is it for you as a designer? You obviously have a lot of knowledge about Caroline as a person because you're related to her. Mm-hmm. And also you are a harpist. And so you you know things like that, that you're moving up and to the right. Yeah. Or like, you know how many strings there are in a harp. I think a lot of things like that can make it kind of fun. There's like a little wink mm-hmm. to the to the client that like you understand them. But do you also find it helpful in a design sense? Does it translate to the audience? Yeah. So this is really interesting because the way that you are typically taught to do branding is that you do the strategy first and the design second. And I've found that there's just this gap in between those where it's like, I get to know the client really well and I come up with this strategy and then I jump to the design. And I found as I was developing my own process that I just felt like I was making that that jump too soon. And I would come to conclusions that I couldn't quite translate to my clients and that was really hard. And so I actually have a middle step that I call a style scape, which is basically, it's basically a halfway point between the strategy and the design where I'm creating a very loose kind of aesthetic narrative where I'm saying, and, and it might be hard for me to explain, but I'm basically exploring like three different elements. So that's the imagery, the type, and the colors. 
So I'm creating an actual visual document that explores those, you know, so I'll kind of say, this is kind of the direction that I see things going as we're still working on the strategy. Okay. And is that something that you do collaboratively? You go back to the client and you say, this is my mood board. What do you think? Yes. Or is that something that's happening internally? Okay. Yes, exactly. So I I prefer not to design like live on the computer just because I find that I make different decisions if the client is kind of watching over my shoulder and I really want to be able to make a designer's decisions and then present that to the client. But yes, what I'll do is I'll create this stylescape. It's basically, it's a really weird size, which I like because they don't think of it as, as anything that they're used to. It's like a totally new thing. So I'll create that. And then I take that to the client and say, okay, this is kind of the direction. I often call it the narrative because it's like, there will be one kind of key concept that will come forward. And I'll say, this is kind of the thing that I want to push. And we talk through that and explore that. And then once that's nailed down, then I start really designing stuff. The colors may still change. The imagery may still change, but we are aligned on the important things and our like our language is the same so that when I'm presenting the final design to my client, they're able to make the logical conclusions that I've made. And one thing that I'm really proud of with my designs is that I have 95% of my brand identities approved with zero revisions because I put so much time and energy into this process where like I said, the decisions are so logical that the client feels like, yes, th- this is the exact right choice. Another thing that I do is I, I present one design to my client, completely flushed out every single element, every pixel is perfected, which a lot of designers won't do because they don't want to spend a lot of time before they get revisions. But I kind of see myself as the expert on their brand, like you would go to an expert to do your taxes. And your accountant doesn't come back and say, well, we could kind of do it this way, or we could kind of do it that way. It's, you know, what do you think? Your accountant (laughs) says, this is the answer for you. And that's why you pay them because you don't want to decide, you want them to tell you. And so that's the approach that I have with my clients as well, is that I am the expert. And in my expert opinion, this is the brand for you, but I'm bringing them along the way. So that decision feels really natural and really logical. And by the time we get to it, we're both so on board with it that it just feels like, of course, this is the design direction. Yeah. And and I have picky clients. Like I'm not working with people who don't care. I work with people who care a lot. And I I really have found that this process works. Well, it's probably helpful for them to feel like they are involved in the process. Yes. Not that they are not the designer still. Yes. But, you know, that you're keeping them informed and that yeah, if they want to pivot, they can instead of you saying like, okay, based on a written description from an email solicitation, right. I came up with this and that's all you get. Yeah. that I know that works for some people, but the more that I get into this, the more thorough my process becomes. And so, and the, and the more confident I am that I'm delivering the right thing for my clients. So- I, I'm really, really proud of my process, actually. It's one of my favorite things about what I do. Well, and what's interesting to me, not having the same expertise that you have, you've articulated it very well in this three-step process, but it is this combination of a very strategic decision and then also a lot of emotional intuitive intuition, I would say, mm-hmm. understanding how people work and their motivations 
and knowing that like you have to connect with them before the final process. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's true of you as a business person, but it's also true of your design process that it is the combination of a sensibility, something that's abstract and emotional and putting it as something concrete that everybody can see. And even if they don't understand it, like you said before, they know how they feel. <laughs> yes. Yes. 100%. I feel like for a long time, I have really had this gift where I can sit down with somebody who cannot describe what they want, right? Like they can picture it in their mind, but they just, they don't, they don't have the words for it. And yes. I really feel like I can sit down with them and I can see it in my head and I can create it for them. And I used to think, oh, everybody, like you just have to be a good listener. And I do think that's part of it. And I know this is going to sound so braggadocious, but I really do feel like at this point, I'm like, no, I really feel like this is my gift that I can be intuitive. And that comes along with having like this great process, right? Right. And experience. Yeah. And experience and all of that. But I really, I'm so surprised and impressed with myself that I can sit down with somebody and I really will be like, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. And what you're not saying, you know, like I can create that for you. That's like an imaginative visual aspect of your brain that you have and have cultivated. Yes. That other people just don't have. For me, I'm so verbal. Yes. That it's like I can find the right word if I'm lucky. Yeah. But visually, my my thinking is just much more linear than yours. So it's, it's really fun to see this. Yeah. What I want you to do with this brand now is I would love for you to design it like a tarot card of Caroline playing the right, harp right, with like a scarf that's flying and like her hair behind her. Yes. I just think that would be so fun. I, I feel like one of the iterations of this brand would be like Caroline creating music or teaching other harpists, right? Like yes. I'm like, how cool would it be if like her business card looked like a tarot card? I just love it. It it looks to me like the Lady of Shalott. Like Mm -hmm. that's honestly the visual cue. Like something that's so stylized and almost mythological. Yes. Yeah. I would maybe even do another version of this that would have like more detail around the border. Yeah. You know, I think that would be really cool. Yeah. I think there's just enough hints that keep it keep it looking a little bit more modern because this isn't, you know, she's not going to Renaissance fairs to do this. Right. But I just love it. I think it's so great. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. Any other thoughts about Caroline's brand? I'm trying to think. Okay, did you change the color, the the color of the font and the logo? Okay, yes. Yeah. So I changed her. Originally, her logo was in this dark blue. One of the concepts that I actually wanted for her brand was like these two bold colors that were both about the same level of saturation. I think we've talked about this before. Okay for her logo because that's a kind of trendy thing right now. And so I felt like that would speak to a little bit of her like Y2K Gen Z generation, I should say. Y2K, Y2K is a throwback, by the way. Yes. So what I what I want this to look like, I want it to be more like this, which is just like a teeny bit harder to read. Because I know there's that thing, I don't know if there's a specific word for it, but if you have classic primary color red and classic primary color blue next to each other in design, it can make your eyes do that shifty thing. Right. Where it almost gives you a little mini seizure. Yeah. I think this is the right, the right vibe. And then this would be like okay. the gold. I, I like that. That looks more readable to me than yeah. what it looks like before. But yeah, I do. I do think that looks like 
that looks like, oh, that's such a classy logo, but that's on trend. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's the that's the vibe that I was going for. What I was going to say is when you have a brand that is like a juxtaposition of things, my rule is that you have to have like an equal number of each thing, if that makes sense. So you can't have, well, okay, how do I explain this? I think what you said is just at a high level of abstraction. So like equal number of elements in each color. Okay. So here, let me explain what I mean. When you have a brand that's a juxtaposition of two things. So for Caroline, I would say the juxtaposition is fancy traditional weddings with modern high schooler personality. Okay. Those are, I wouldn't say they're opposites, but they're at different spots on a spectrum. Right. Right. So what you don't want to do is you don't want to have everything look super traditional and you don't want to have everything look super trendy. So what I like to do is have some elements that are traditional, some elements that are trendy. So what I've done is I've made her color palette trendy. Yeah. But her fonts are more traditional. So I'm not using some traditional and some trendy fonts. I'm keeping the families in one style. So the colors are in one style, the fonts are in one style, the shapes are in one style. And that creates this nice harmony where it's interesting visually and you're getting both vibes, but it's not like, oh, this is, this is eclectic, right? Unless that's the vibe that you're going for. Or like, oh, this person just didn't think it through. It does look intentional. Right. Yeah. You want it to be intentional and you just want to think through like, how modern do we want this to lean versus how harpist wedding vibe do we want this to lean? So I'm leaning a little bit more that way than the other way. I just think it's really fun to see a musician, which is Caroline's business. I love seeing something that is so, in some ways, like really abstract, not super visual. Obviously, when you're performing a musical piece, there are these flourishes, like you want to get the audience's attention. There is a visual aspect to it. Right. They're looking at you. But it is funny to have something that's so musical, auditory, translated into something that is visual Mm -hmm. and try to imagine like you're trying to evoke what are the sounds people are going to hear right based on what they see here and I just think that's that's like the beauty of your job is that you get get to do that I think this brand turned out really great I can't wait for Caroline to see it and I can't wait to see what my next branding challenge is so we'll keep you guys posted on that thank you so much for joining us thanks for joining us today We hope you enjoyed listening to Aesthetically Speaking. If you want to support the podcast, please leave us a nice review or connect with us on Instagram at Rebecca Peterson Studio. 